Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. Simon Shawcross joins us again, the founder of HitUni.com. He's been on the podcast multiple times, so I'll link all of his show notes. If you want to learn more about him, um, I urge you to do so. But uh, Simon, how's it going, man? After a little bit of work, we're finally connected. <laughs> yeah, we've been a bit challenging there, but I'm, I'm, I'm in a great place, Eric. It's great to be back on the podcast. And uh, excited to talk about what we are going to discuss today. Yep, so am I. So, and you just hit the nail on the head right before we started uh, recording. Our job as trainers is probably the easiest equation to a client's overall picture in terms of them getting healthier, getting stronger, maybe getting leaner, losing some body fat, um, you know, things like that. On the inside of the gym, once a client walks into the inside of the gym, we know exactly what they're going to do. And, and we know for the most part, you know, barring any kind of injury or any foreseen events that we don't know about coming into the gym, they're going to be doing exactly what they should be doing once they step in and work with us. Now, the hard part for us and for them, for the client to get the, the most out of their strength training, they need to have a lot of stuff on the outside of the gym tightened up. Sleep, stress levels, nutrition. Um, they need to get some playtime in, which means, you know, go out and enjoy, enjoy the world, you know, decompress, have some fun, enjoy family time. So again, the things that you and I help them with, that trainers help them with, that's the easiest part. How do you help your clients when they're not in the gym? Let's start with that. Number one priority comes down to how much do they want it? And I think that's something that's really important to express to the client. And, and the way I often couch that is I'll say, it's awesome coming in, working out once or twice a week together, enhancing your strength um, and your, your overall fitness. And you're going to get so much benefit from doing this, from just doing this with me, with us. However, if your goal uh, includes <clears throat> improving your overall health and well-being, and also in particular, if your goal includes any aspect of body fat reduction, <clears throat> then you're going to need to put a lot of energy initially into outside of the gym stuff. Because the gym, <clears throat> especially like, let's take um, weight reduction, because that is one that a lot of people, uh, an effect or an impact a lot of people want to have from uh, exercise and from when they start to get motivated to attend a gym and, and, and get their butt in the gym. What they want often is to lose body fat and to look better, despite all the other wonderful things that we can do for them. That is, is a key factor for many people. Yep. And some people do have, or a lot of people do have a skewed perception of all you got to do is turn up to the gym, do the workout, and then you can go and eat 
kind of whatever you want because the workouts allowed you to do that now and you're still going to lose weight. And as we know, that ain't going to happen, particularly right. if you're a long way from where you would want to be or need to be. Right. Um, and, I, and I'll say, look, I'm happy to work with you um, and, unless there's any, any dangers um, to that person coming. I'm happy to work with you on your strengthening and, and that is going to have a knock-on impact, a, a positive impact on your metabolism. However, what I need for you to fully understand is that if you want to maximize that and if you want to achieve this goal of weight reduction, then you will need to be motivated enough to make changes outside of the gym too. Right. So they have to take responsibility for that aspect. You know, I've seen trainers sort of almost bullied by their client. Um, yeah. Is the client putting this huge amount of pressure, sort of this expectation on the trainer um, that it's their fault if they don't lose weight. And, and I, I think it is if they don't make the picture clear to the client. But start out that relationship by making it ultra clear that they need to take ownership of that side. You can support them. You can give them nutritional advice. You can send them to a dietitian if they need to go down that route. There's many ways as a trainer you can point them in the right direction, but they will ultimately need to take ownership for their actions outside of a gym. And if a person can't or doesn't commit to that, then the likelihood of them achieving their goal is, is fairly slim. So right. they need to, to really get that message. And then they can go, Simon, uh, okay, I'm not prepared to make those changes yet, but I still want to get the benefit of strength training with you. Fantastic. Yeah. Or they can go, uh, well, if I'm not going to get the weight loss, it's not for me. Well, they were probably not going to be a good or long-term client for the trainer anyway, or they are going to be, and the, the, these are the clients in many ways I love, they can be very black and white about it. And they go, just tell me what I need to do. Tell yeah. me what I need to do. And then I will, because I have got this huge motivation now for whatever reason in my life to get to this place that I want to go to, 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 to lose that body fat in the example we're talking about here. And they, those clients are great because all you've got to do is say, do this, cut this, you know, we'll work on it week by week and you can see their motivation and their desire right. to change. And if they don't have a kernel, a, 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 an inkling, a spark of that inside them, if they don't have the motivation, you're just going to end up another person, another personal aspect in that individual's life who they can go, yeah, I tried that and it didn't work for me. Right. Whereas they didn't have the motivation to, to make the change. You know, so long as we're talking about trainers who are going to provide decent advice. Right. Then, so it's, it, it is on the trainer's shoulders to a degree, but to a much smaller degree than the client's. Right. No, I, I agree with everything you said. And I think uh, being in the, in the space that I'm in, I, I, feel, I see it a little more how you said it where a person, so there, there's two things on my end too, uh, different parts of what you said. Number one, when the client, the client already, if the client is coming to you, that's a good sign because it already means that they're willing to make some change right? They're willing to, and it's not like they're outsourcing um, their efforts to exercise because we're still going to show them exactly what to do, but they still have to put in the, the, yeah. the effort. Again, yeah. that's on, that's on the, the client or the, the trainer side to say, if this is not heavy enough, if this is too light, if you don't feel challenged, 
we need to make it. But I think this is the stuff we talked about in our last podcast as well. Yes. Is how to get the most out of a client who yes. does as hard as, as some. And, and, and exactly. And... Yep. So, so there's that piece of it, but it, it ties into what you just said about like having the, the client be upfront about that, or excuse me, the trainer being upfront about that. Um, and number two, and by, by the way, just, just to get this correct, I wasn't, the way I expressed it just now is not the way I would personally express that to a client, but it's how I would express it to a trainer. Oh, hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. Because I would be much softer than I was just now. Sure. <laughs> that. But for the trainer, I think trainers really need to get this. They yes. really need to understand you got, you, you do need to make the picture clear to yes. the client that they will need to invest some of their energy in this process. Correct. And, and my, my second point was going to be, I think the, the trainer, some trainers take it a hundred percent on themselves to, to be the only reason this person is going to lose weight, lose body fat in the, in our instance. So they see this like as almost a personal challenge where it shouldn't be like, this is a teamwork event. Um, majority of it is on the client side. And I know a lot of trainers who get, who get into this trap of, well, I'm going to beat the piss out of this person because, you know, I don't know what they're doing on the outside because I know this mm. person is going to have five glasses of wine a night. And, you know, let's not, let's not joke. A lot of the clients that we work with have those kind of lifestyles where they're out at business meetings. You know, they're, maybe they're, they're, they, they spend a little more money to go out to really nice meals four nights out of the week and they don't cook at home and things like that. So we know that going into the situation, but having that conversation with that person, like, look, this, your goal might not fit your lifestyle. Right. Goal, yeah. lifestyle should, should fit each other. And you can be flexible with both, but you can be mold with both. This is not, we're not saying that we, every client's going to walk in and say, give me six pack abs and, you know, a chiseled back. Like, that's not what they're looking for. But in terms of our specific goal, the trainer and the, the client both need to be on the same page. And mm. I think defining those is definitely mm. on the trainer side. Yeah. Um, so, so what are some, some techniques that you've used to maybe to motivate your client or to get that, get that through to them? Cause I, I've got a couple of unique ones that I'm interested to hear your thoughts on. Cool. Um, well, I, with the dietary stuff, the way I would start that out usually would be um, either you have one of those clients I just referred to who's like very black and white. It's like, just tell me what to do and I can do this. I'll make this happen. Um, in which case, I'll lay out pretty much what I would want for them to do nutritionally. Um, taking into account their personal preferences and their lifestyle, as you just mentioned, all of that stuff that's got, got to be thrown into the equation. Yep. If they're at the other end and I get the sense that they're not, hyper motivated yet and they are going to find this challenge a pro this process a challenge one of the first things i would do is to have them just change one thing nutritionally right. like set the bar really quite low from my perspective but i know having a positive result in them they can come back sort of beaming to me and saying i was able to do that rather than overload them with stuff that you know they're not going to be able to do in week one and week two you know, okay, just eliminate this or eliminate that for this, this week and let's see what happens for you. And then once they start and establish a positive uh, habit in that respect, then we can add the next thing and the next thing. And ultimately, they'll end up toward the place about 
black and white client, but it's some clients need that, that gentle nudging in that direction and little mini successes along the way. Other people can just jump from where they are off the edge of the cliff into, right, I'm going to get in, in amazing shape now. Right. Um, so that, that, that's uh, how I would typically start out with the sort of two, two ends of extreme. I'm, I'm really interested to hear what your, your uh, super secret tips were. No, this is not super secret. And actually, I had a client kind of help me with this. So, you know, all right, I'll just put this whole thing in context. So I had this idea, uh, this person wasn't, they, they were coming to the gym, they were showing up to all their appointments, they were working hard, they weren't seeing the results that they, that they wanted exactly, they were still get, getting stronger, they weren't losing the body fat. Um, okay, you know, and this is the type of person who was uh, not doing little extra on the outside of the gym, like let's say going for a couple walks throughout the week, they weren't, they weren't maybe like, reducing that one extra drink at during happy hour they weren't getting to bed they weren't getting seven hours of sleep there's no way that was going to happen because of whatever reason so i said okay that's a high stress person okay so when you automatically when we say to a person who's already high stress um and they want to come in and just just work me out hard like that you have to understand first of all that is a stressor Exercise is a stressor. You can dig yourself into a deeper hole if you just beat the piss out of yourself every time you go in the gym, right? Yeah. And then you have to work out of that hole just to get back to baseline. That means no exercise. That means, you know, all sorts of different things. Anyway, so I'm having this conversation with this person and I know they're financially motivated, right? So I said, okay, they, they, hate, they hate late canceling on me. They hate paying me that money. So I'm like, okay, I tell you what, I said, which is good, you know, that's, that's, I, I get the framework that I'm in. So I say, okay, I tell you what, I want you to try to get one, one walk in for 30 minutes once a week. Okay. And I want you to take a picture of like where you're walking, take a picture of yourself, send it nice. to me or send me a short video of you walking. And I want you to be out of breath once a week. And if you don't do that over the course of one month, if I don't get four videos, you owe me $100. Oh, nice. Okay. Extra. Right. Because this, and again, some people don't give a shit. Some people will say, well, here's your money. I don't, you know, I'm not going to do that. This yeah. person was, I think for the most part, if you're paying money, you don't want to owe the other person more money. I don't want to go someplace and pay money for a service and then just throw money down the drain if I don't live up to my end of the bargain. So four, four weeks go by and they miss it. And he walks in with a hundred dollar bill. He's like, I couldn't do it last week too much. Gives me that money. He goes, I want to up the ante. I want to do the exact same thing. 150 bucks. And I'm like, I'm like, that's, that's aggressive. I said, I like your style. I said, I tell you what, why don't you give me that 150 now? You've already given it to me. Now I want you to earn the money back. So you will, I'm going to pay you essentially to do this. Now I know some trainers out there are freaking out and oh, you're a terrible person. You're taking their money. Look, this person is financially motivated. This is one way to do it. You can find other routes. Okay. Persecute me. If you want to say I'm a terrible person, I'm all about the money. I'm not all about the money. I'm telling you that right now. This person just happened to respond this way. My point is if you find something that this per that, that your client is so passionate about or, or is in front of them and they have to work towards it, Use that as leverage for both of you. It could be, it could be, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to compare other things to money because it's tangible. It's right there in front of you. But if they, if that person has a trip up uh, that they're coming up on 
you know, I don't know if it's like a, if it's a certain point in time where they have to be ready for set certain milestones that maybe they, they earn something along the way. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people out there are thinking, well, you know, you're, you're taking away the motivation factor for a client, maybe to a certain extent you are. But my, my point is not to get like, you know, I'm not trying to defend my stance because it ended up working for this person. Uh, and I've done that with m multiple people and they're like, you know what? I'm, I can't, I'm not going to do this. The money isn't a motivator for me. I'm, I'm done with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Fine. Sometimes it could be just the fact of they're showing up to the gym knowing that they haven't sent you a picture of them doing cardio and they're like, Oh man, I failed. Not that you want them to feel like a failure, but find the, the real motivation behind the person and use that with them. Use that to your advantage. Use it to their advantage is my, is my point. Yeah. But, uh, it was kind of a funny, it's kind of a funny story all in all, like he, how he was so motivated and he was just like, he came in, he's like, here's the hundred dollars, man, I failed. But then he's like, what? Then I said, what if you just give me the money up front and you earn it back? You know, every time yeah. you send me a picture, you get $25 back or something yeah. like that. Um, find the reason is my point. Yeah, I think that's a, that can be a good one. <clears throat> that can be a good one. Um, yeah. Although I know there are, as you said yourself, there are personality types that wouldn't work for. I remember there yeah. was my very, my very first gym I used to hang out in, um, who would, who would come in, um, a couple of days after New Year's Day every year with a year's membership in cash. They pay for it, and that was the last you see of him for a year. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. it, it, you know, but then it, you know uh, there are a lot of gyms that do work on that model where people pay and yeah. they got the direct debit thing and they know and gyms have them over a barrel because they don't want to sort of cancel it because it's sort of they always feel like they're going to do something but they never do yeah in the, with the gentleman you were talking about obviously it's like because there's this personal relationship he's got with you exactly that's difference about the, the way that would work with a financially motivated individual good point that's uh, a very good point yeah that's a cool one i like that you know, and, 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 finding those motivations, isn't it? Because sometimes the client is not going to tell you what their actual motivation is coming through the door always. They don't always let you know. And it, it, you know, it can be something as simple as like they want to be in shape to, if they're a little bit more senior, to enjoy their grandchildren. Yeah. They might not say that. Or they might have had a family member who died of a heart attack at, at an age they're starting to approach now. But they right. might tell you that's what's got them through the door and the more sort of exploratory and perhaps you know after you get through you know the first few sessions and they get more comfortable with you you can sort of start exploring a little bit to find exactly. out exactly these genuine motivations are because when you've got those when you've understood those it does make your job as a trainer easier it allows you to yep. okay i know i know why they're here now I, i've got it and and you know yep. it really varies from uh, the ones, again, if we take that far end of the scale, who just want somebody to hold their hand. And they're often, from a trainer's perspective, I think the ones who are hardest to work with. 100%. Because all you're going to be doing is, is providing all the energy, all the motivation for two people. And they're going to suck that up and thrive off that. But the moment they leave the gym, they're not going to do anything more with that. Right. And then the other end of the scale, you've got, you've got the the guys who would do it 100%. And then somewhere in between, you've got people who, once you find their motivations 
and, and you tap into those and you find a way, okay, this is how I'm going to sort of um, suggest or, or, or wrap up why we're doing this for them. And they, they'll get it because it serves their true purpose, their, their deep defining reason for doing this with you. Yeah. And yeah, that's critical to find, to find what that is if you can. I think so too. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up was, let's go like to the, the nutrition thing or the, the sleep thing, because we, I, I like to use technology to our advantage. Um, big fan. I have an Apple watch. I'm big fan of like sharing stats with people. I use the sleep plus plus app. Um, I like having clients send me photos of like their meals. Yeah. So for instance, another motivating thing would be, or to, or, you know, to help them be more compliant on the outside of the gym. If they're going to a meal and, and let's say they usually get the, uh, lobster mac and cheese, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And then like whatever side dishes. One thing I would say is it's not just it. Sometimes it's not enough for us as trainers to say you need to eat asparagus. Like why is asparagus maybe the choice or find the vegetable that they want to try and then follow up on that, on that reason why we gave them choose this meal because it's more uh, calorie dense, more nutritious, more X, Y, and Z and make it a habit. So give them like maybe a little bit of research, not like an entire pamphlet, but like if you can find a well-written piece on Brussels sprouts and why they're beneficial, you know, once they start making that a habit after three or four times of them sending you a photo of them eating Brussels sprouts with a meal instead of uh, French fries, not that there's anything wrong with French fries. I actually don't mind French fries at all. Um, no, you know, a, yeah, of, of something else, something terrible. I don't know. Just pick, pick, pick the person's poison. It, after a while of them sending you a, a picture, great. Do you think that is, a, uh, you think that's your go-to now? Try to reaffirm those positive behaviors instead of just, you know, letting it go by the wayside. What's the next thing you can build on? You know, okay, great. Um, let's start tracking your sleep. Can you think you can get to try to start getting ready to bed uh, you know, a half hour sooner and find, find like a common ground where maybe it's them sending you a picture of, uh, you know, their, their alarm clock at the time they went to bed or tracking their sleep on their Apple watch and not just tracking it because that data just sits there, but talk about it. Talk about why it's important. Mm -hmm. You want to start getting to bed by 10 o'clock, maybe start getting ready for bed at nine fifteen. you know, start mm -hmm. going through the motion, setting those small goals. Keep the conversation going, though, because the, the moment that we think just because they're using their sleep app that they got it figured out now, if that data yeah. is just sitting there with no conversation, it doesn't do us any good. Nice. You know? I so, really like your approach. It's, it sounds very holistic. And as you said, you're using um, modern technology to your advantage, but you're, you're not using it as, as just a... a a thing that you're advising people to go and do you're giving them feedback based on it and yes encouraging them through the use of the technology yeah it's the feedback that i think the trainer gets so stuck with i think the yeah. feedback is that's the hardest part giving them giving people honest feedback you know if you if you're for instance going back to the the the, the sleep tracker if you're looking at this thing okay now let's break this down do you understand what all these lines mean do you understand that just because you were in bed, you actually didn't fall asleep until 11.30 or 10.30. Do 
Do you know what that means? Do you think, start having those conversations with people. And I think that keeping the dialogue open on the outside of the gym will create more useful discussion on the inside of the gym. And then that, yeah. and that becomes like their framework, their, their mind. They, they recognize you as someone who's going to, who's, you're still a tool in the toolbox. This isn't, you're not like, you know, they still have to make the efforts, but at least they have the, the context of like, Oh, okay. I, I know what this means now. I know what I need to do. That takes more pressure off of you as a trainer, I think. Well, so, if, if technology, like, and, and trainers need not be fearful of this whatsoever because if technology was the answer and all you needed was your Apple Watch, a couple of fitness apps, everybody would be in shape already. Because there's Everybody. And everybody. In shape. So yeah. You have to be worried about the technology. Rather, as, you, as you've done, embrace it, use them as tools, encourage your clients to use them. Because we know these things will, will tend to end up as shiny toys that get used for a week, two weeks, a couple of months maybe, and then yeah. they're about just like anything else in, in most people's cycle with exercise that's right no you're absolutely right and look th this you know I, I know i gotta wrap this up pretty soon i have an appointment coming to you but um you know th this is just these what we're talking about this is just two people's perspective on how we're taxed there is there is there is not a single one right way to address every single individual that you work with there it's just not no. you can't do it Again, this is, this is the stuff that's the, the quality or the mark of a great trainer is that adaptability, that understanding yeah. of the individual in front of you right now. And the more individuals you're in front of and you become intuitive to and attentive to, the more flexibility you have as a trainer to work with all sorts of different people as you, as you nourish your career and move forward. Right. Yep. And it's just, I think that, like you said, the adaptability when you can start now, obviously, if, if you figure out something that works well for most people, start trying to implement that. But you should be able, you should be comfortable abandoning things that simply do not work for some individuals instead of just forcing your idea of what a healthy lifestyle, of, of how to approach a healthy lifestyle. You know, it's so, so easy for you and I to say, um, you know, if, if you and I wanted to, to focus on, getting a little leaner or something like that. Like our mind frame, our mindset is so much different than what a client's would be. So we have to take ourselves out of that position. And I think a well-seasoned trainer might be able to do that. Um, yeah. but, but it's just adaptability, like you said, and being able to be open to, to many avenues and to be able to abandon some things and come back to some things. But we need to, yeah, um, we, we, we live, breathe and sleep this stuff. Yeah, it's a lot uh, different for us. Your clients are never going to get to that place, nor want to be, nor do they really need to be. Right. We just help them get the most out of what works for them and, and their lifestyles. And then the odd one or two will ultimately want to become trainers or want to help or, or go, actually, this is, I love, I love fitness and I missed out. I hadn't realized I'd missed out on such an, uh, an awesome thing and now I want to be involved. Yeah. I mean, great. But the vast majority of your clients are not going to be in that place. And therefore, as you've said, the mindset that, that you have is not likely to be at least the initial mindset that most people coming through your door have. And yeah, that's you're right. adaptability is key. Yep. Well, Simon, I, I got to wrap this up. Literally my, my clients just pulled in. I'm in my truck right now. So they pulled in like right behind me. So <laughs> you know but, uh, yeah, but if, uh, if anybody has any, any questions, comments, concerns, where's the best place to reach you? Uh, hituni.com. 
um, is our website. They can get uh, on uh, email via there. And, and, and on that website, there's all the, the social media channels too, if they want to get a direct message or whatever to me via Twitter or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Simon, so much. Always a pleasure. And we'll talk to you soon. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.